0: Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Plan, but before we do, guys, I've got a question for you. Would you rather have an adventurous experience or a cultural one?
1: Assuming that it can't be a combination of both. Do you have an example? An uh, idea yeah, of a, a combo? Oh well let's say that I go to a luau and there is all of the dancing and the torches and then someone teaches you how to eat fire.
0: <laughs>
2: I, I suppose that I, I suppose that could be both. So you're
1: is having that... a Polynesian cultural experience and you're eating or fire you're at the same time. Cool. Or you or you go surfing. So, so this question <laughs> is separating the two. Well that's yeah, a wash now. That's I don't know. Jeez. I'm not thinking of many of those. So it's kind of like, would you rather go to an amusement park or a museum? Yes, yes yeah, exactly. or skydiving,
0: yeah. or you know, sightseeing around. Does Paris. museum
1: have a slide in it? Well, if it's a children's museum,
2: okay. that's it, it. I don't that can ever want to go to another children's museum. I, I lost my children in the last museum we went to. Uh, I li- it, 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 Was it okay, a children's okay. museum, like a children's so, science context. museum? Okay, okay. Science right, This <laughs> is not this is not answering the question, but it's uh, this is my shame. Uh, we went to the city museum in uh, St. Louis. With have you ever been to this place? This is some some like hippie artist back in the day bought this like warehouse building that used to make shoes, and they took this ten story building and made this like really trippy like jungle gym sculptures, all sorts of things, and there are ten story slides. But I sent my kids down the slide. I said I'll meet you at the bottom, but I couldn't find the bottom because the place is such a like a maze of things. And so my daughters get to the bottom, dad's not there. And they go wandering off. But then even finding like, a person to be like, hey, where's the bottom? How do I get to this? They like, go to the place we said we'd meet, but then I try to go there and they're not there. And it was, it was terrifying. So it was, it, I don't know if it's either cultural or an adventure, but I, my heart was racing.
1: I feel like we need to explore this story more Did than we need to explore kids? this question. The, yes, the, the children <laughs> the
2: children are recovered. Wait,
1: let's, let's just back this up for just a moment. <laughs> it's a 10-story slide. Yes, now you're putting your... I just want to just wanna walk through this step by step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're okay. a grown man because you have children. Uh, yes, that's right. And you're going to put your children on a slide and they're going to descend. It's like a
2: swirly slide. They're like going to descend the yes. 10
1: stories. That's, yeah. And in your head, somehow you could run to the bottom <laughs> and meet them there before they make it down the slide? Well...
2: Yeah, because, well, they had to like go up the (laughs) stairs, they had to like wait in line some and whatever. And yeah, well, I know I didn't think it through that well. I should have figured out where the exit was before they went as well. But the whole thing, like you should look up pictures of the city museum in St. Louis online because it's like... Like an indoor cave with stalactites and these big sculptures of, like, you know, animals and weird things. And all the walls are decorated and they've welded together airplanes and, you know, the towers of castles and this stuff. It sounds pretty great. It's, but the thing is, it's 10 stories and there's like five employees. They're just like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and they have a sign on the inside that says no maps because they know you're going to get lost. And they're like, we're just not even going to help you. No maps. It is. It is Enter like at your own risk. Free no maps. free range parenting. Yeah, go get some scars. There's like pieces of metal that like are going to gouge you. It was it was. I would be nuts.
0: terrified to go down a 10 story slide. Is, uh, yeah. Is it fast? Well, I, Where uh, was
1: your wife while this was
2: transpiring? She was watching the younger one who you know was doing something else dangerous but i was like yeah i can take the the older two this will be fine it was not fine
0: well so your your answer
2: is adventure it was
0: the kids are fine
2: no my answer is i'd like a cultural one because i had too much adventure on the last thing (laughs) we did it wasn't truly a museum it was an amusement park so no i'd rather go to a art museum or a you know a, a new city with
1: interesting history or something like that
0: yeah that would be mine as well that would be mine you guys are cultural we're cultural yeah
1: what do you think I'm going to say, Nikki?
0: I, you know what, Eric? You're surprising. I think a lot of R- people would say, oh, Eric would want an adventurous one. I think you'd probably want a cultural one.
2: Remember when we asked about the comedy club or the the musical theater? Yeah,
0: and he was and like- And he's
2: like, I don't know. It could be either. It could be either. Because he holds season tickets for musical
1: and theater. And
0: I totally would have thought comedy.
1: Yeah. But what- So what are you? I think I'd go adventure. Yeah.
0: yeah. I tried to give you the benefit of the doubt.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm done with amusement parks. I've done- roller coasters enough and all that but stuff. like jump
2: out of an airplane oh yeah
1: have yeah, you done that, that? Kind of cliff diving no i you know my brother my brother uh jumped out of i don't know how many times he jumped but he wanted me to do it with him and my wife was so terrified that she was crying so to be a good husband i did mm-hmm. not go skydiving so no i've never been skydiving because my wife doesn't want me to but uh i would do that in a heartbeat i've been cliff diving bungee jumping i'll do all those things uh, because I find them terrifying. It's not that I'm not afraid of heights. I am terrified when I'm doing it, and that's what I like about it is uh, overcoming no. overcoming the fear. <laughs> overcoming the fear is a a special kind of feeling. So
0: once you do it once, is it that you is, do you feel as though you've overcome it, or does it still like intimidate? Yeah, you?
1: I think like most things, if you do it one time, it significantly decreases the fear factor. I'm not saying there wouldn't be any adrenaline the next time you do it. Yeah, but but you can do most, it again. Most easier. things, the thing isn't. The fear of the thing is worse than the thing itself. Yeah. 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 I
0: agree. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. There you have it. Clayton, what are we looking at today?
2: All right. This is our last podcast in the book of Isaiah. We are in Isaiah chapter 61. Let me give you a little bit of context here. We've been talking for the last few weeks about this section of Isaiah. That's uh, after uh, chapter 40. It's all about the restoration of Israel. It's kind of uh, Isaiah looking to the far future from his perspective to when uh, Israel's gone through exile, God is restoring them. Um, And then there's this kind of like long horizon of, you know, how long does this go out? Is it just when Israel comes back to the land? Is this when Jesus comes? Is this when, uh, you know, the world is recreated? What's it talking about? So there's kind of a, a big perspective there. But... It's using uh, an image that maybe you've noticed here, and it's an image of the servant, okay? So uh, in multiple chapters, it's uh, this person who's uh, called the servant who's talking about their experience. And it's hard to tell exactly who the servant is. Sometimes it's really clear that the servant is the kind of the personification of the whole nation of Israel. You know, It's talking about uh, God's servant is his people as a whole. But then there are other times when it seems like the servant is a particular individual coming from within the nation who's going to do something to help the nation be restored.
1: That sound means it's time for your comma tip of the week. Are you confused about who this servant might be? Would you like a little bit more of an explanation? Well, normally we suggest the Bible project videos to you at the beginning of a book. But it's not too late. Isaiah is a really important book of the Bible. So if you have never checked out the Bible Project videos on the book of Isaiah, there's a part one and a part two, and they do a great job explaining the suffering servant of Isaiah. So check out the Bible Project videos, and this has been your comma tip of the week.
2: That is a great tip. I've actually found watching those videos after we finished a book it helps me understand things even more. Like the, it puts pieces together I didn't have on the table. So highly recommend that. So we're going to be on Isaiah 61. This passage may sound familiar to you, even if you've never read Isaiah, and we're going to see why. So Eric, go ahead and read it.
1: The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord, you will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance." for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. All right.
2: The next stage is O, which stands for observation. This is where we take a look at what we see here and kind of note different things that strike us. What do you see?
1: Luke 4, Luke 4, Luke (laughs) 4, Luke 4. I see Luke (laughs) 4. Explain that, Eric. (laughs) Uh, The opening opening verses here, if you go to Luke chapter 4, this is what Jesus, when Jesus opens the scroll to the people and starts reading it, he's reading Isaiah 61, and he says to them, this is talking about me. Yeah, this is where the one where we get the little bit of the cheat sheet because if you're familiar with that you're like, okay,
2: what's it referring to? Wait, 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 wait. Someone told me one time like I know who this is. I know this guy. Yeah, so that's one of the that's one of the passages that when we're talking about the servant in Isaiah, it really helps us connect because this uh, you know, kind of monologue here by the servant Jesus says, it's referring to me, um, and he even though in Luke 4, it only reads you know the first couple of verses here, it's probably pretty clear he's got the whole thing in mind as saying, this is what I'm doing right now. Uh, this is about to come about.
1: Yeah, let me read Luke 4, that, that section. It says, he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing which is a bold claim right like if you show up and you're like this
2: is it i'm about to restore everything i mean that's kind of, i mean that's a big sum up but like to to have someone say yep this is me you can understand why they were had a strong reaction to that
0: another thing that i found here is a really uh, cool like word picture is he says, he's talking about the people that he's going to restore, he's going to save. He says, they will be called oaks of righteousness. So I went ahead and I googled like an oak tree. Um, And they're impressive trees, which I'd never really realized this. They say that a full grown oak tree can grow grow up to 80 feet tall, 120 feet across, and the roots can go 90 feet deep. Um, That's pretty impressive to me. I've never really thought about that way. But in this, in this occasion, an oak of righteousness, a, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That must have been a pretty um, impressive picture to people back then, an oak tree.
1: You know what I learned by watching cartoons? If you dig a hole more than 90 feet into the earth, you know what happens? No. What? You end up in China. What? That's what you, that's what you that, learn in cartoons. Is, that, is if, this what happens? If you, if you dig really <laughs> deep, you end up on the other side of the globe. I had a realization starting in verse three, and I wonder if this is dated based on when I started going to church. So I came to faith in I think 1990, uh, and in those days, most of the worship in the, the church I was going to, if you remember, like Hosanna Integrity, oh, yeah. like they said yep. they had like the praise tapes that came out every. People, some some younger people listening is going, praise tapes, tapes, right? They were c- <laughs> CDs, like they would release worship CDs, okay? Mm-hmm. And it was Hosanna Integrity. Little did I know, how many of those songs were just straight up Bible text yep. put to melodies? I didn't know that. I'm just singing these songs. I don't know I'm learning the Bible by singing these songs. But do you guys, does the melody of this song, is it is it in your head? Uh, to bestow on bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. Do you know that song? I don't, I don't no. have that one in my head, no. That's... He, g- he made us beauty for ashes, an oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise oh, yes. for oh, the spirit of heaviness, that, that we might be trees of righteousness, no, a planting of the Lord, that he might be glorious. If like, these are the songs we were singing hmm. in the early 90s. Well,
2: I, I, that was not the song that came to mind. But there are other ones that have that beauty for ashes yeah. kind of imagery in it. Yes. Like, that's it's so evocative, right? Like, to 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 say you've got this something that has been completely like, not just, you know, a little bit smeared, but like burned to a crisp. You know what I mean? It's just the dust that's there. And to say,
1: actually, what you're going to get is is beauty. You know, that's that's a that's a pretty incredible transformation. And hey, if you would all like to hear me sing more on the podcast, you can email us at
0: <laughs> podcast at BibleSavvy.com
1: uh, That's going to get a flood. Or if you'd like it's to hear flood. Clayton sing a song on a future episode of the podcast, you can email us at. I Podcast
0: <laughs> at BibleSavvy.com. Clayton plays guitar too, so if you guys want uh, you, him to just do a full-on like no, serenade. Oh, he could
1: strum a guitar to some old Hosanna Integrity praise. <laughs>
2: uh, well, let's, uh, let's not tank our podcast listening
1: numbers here. <laughs> uh, what else do you guys see in this passage? Verse 8, For I, the Lord, love justice, I hate rob- robbery and wrongdoing. It, it's jumping out to me because as we've spent a lot of time in the prophets now, God has been very, very clear about what he likes and what he dislikes. And here it is again, justice. It's a big deal to God that people are treated well, all people treated well is a big deal to God.
2: One of my observations uh, comes from uh, some imagery that's in here. So uh, the, the passage that Eric was singing before where... Did you notice how much of it is clothing? Right, like there's a crown of beauty, there's a garment of praise, and I noticed that towards the end of the chapter it talks about uh, garments of salvation, a robe of righteousness. Uh, the 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 bride and the bridegroom are adorning themselves with. The, there's like a there's like that imagery of being dressed. In this splendor and glory, that that people who have sort of you know not necessarily literally, but you know been eg- they've been literally exiled, but they have had nothing. You know what I mean? None of the the things that belong to them in the land. You know their their place of possession. But now they're coming back. I almost imagine them in, in tatters and clothes, and then putting on like these royal, rich robes and these kind of beautiful clothing, and suddenly looking in splendor. When they look at each other, it's like, oh my goodness, this is this is how we, you know we we are now. And look at this is what we were meant to be. This is what we hoped for. There's like that that beauty of restoration in the, in the clothing imagery.
0: Yeah, along with that restoration, it, it also says how he's going to rebuild the ancient ruins and. Mm. Uh, and here, I, I love this picture. It says, "And you will be called priests of the Lord; you will be named ministers of our God." So, not only is He going to uh, turn them from ashes into beauty, and He's going to restore them, but He's—they're also going to go on to restore things, the lands, and—and and then he, they're going to continue to do the work that He wants them to do. Priests and ministers—they're—they're uh, they're like the hands and the feet of Jesus. The hands and the feet. You the hands and the
1: feet. Is hands that in a the Hosanna feets Integrity feets. song too? <laughs> will you sing that for us? The hands and the feet. The
0: hands and the
1: feets. <laughs> Uh The the whole you will be priests, is is it Peter in the New Testament? Is that in 1 Peter, 2 yeah. Peter? You are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. There's so many things in Isaiah mm-hmm. that the, the images and the realities are expounded upon by the New Testament writers.
2: I noticed uh, two images that I've I've seen in other places, and maybe they, maybe they just pass you by. I don't I didn't check the notes to see if they're explained, but they're really interesting. One of them is in verse two, where it says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I think we have probably talked about this at some point years ago on the podcast when we were reading the Pentateuch. But there was this uh, principle in ancient Israel called the Jubilee, which was the year every but it was every forty nine years they would do this. So basically, once a generation. Where no matter where you had, you know, if you had gotten in financial trouble, had to sell your land or, you know, go work for somebody else or whatever, that at that time, everybody's family farms reset. So whatever it was that your family land was, you got to go back to it and it was yours to work on again. All the debts were canceled. Everything was restored. That was One term for that was the year of the Lord's favor. is the year of Jubilee. So this is like a really big one. They have been displaced from their family land, from the land of Israel, but they get to come back. And in a a, a bigger sense, all of humanity has been displaced from the place where they belong, which is in the presence of God, and we get to come back. Uh, The other one that I noticed is in verse 7, and it's sort of related to that. Verse 7, it says, instead of shame, you will receive a double portion. Well, the double portion in a lot of biblical stories is the portion that the firstborn child would get which was also a land inheritance. And so the idea is you you're going out like you're an orphan. You've got shame, you got nothing. But I'm going to actually make you the firstborn. Like you're going to you're going to have the preeminent role. You're going to get uh m- more of your share because I'm I'm honoring you in that that high place there. All right, let's go on to one of the M's in comma. Let's talk about meditation. Let's for meditation look at verse 10. I'm going to read this to you and then take about 45 seconds to prayerfully ponder it. It says this, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. All right, let's talk about the other M in comma, which is message. How would you sum up something from this passage in a sentence or two?
0: I actually had um, that verse as my as my message. Um, it, it's that idea that uh, I have every reason to delight greatly in the Lord. My soul has every reason to rejoice in the Lord.
1: M- my message is just sitting in the imagery of just think about god god walking up behind you and putting this putting this robe on you right and it says a raid so you imagine this is not some some janky robe right this is this is this is a beautiful robe and god comes and he puts it on you and it wraps around your whole being and i'm just i'm just trying to in my message just like think about that and how beautiful that is and how it's the work of God and how sometimes uncomfortable it might be for us, right? If It's like if we did a foot washing. Most of the time, it's more uncomfortable for the person who's having their feet washed than the person that's washing. The person that's washing the feet might think this is a little gross. The person that's receiving the foot washing has to do it in humility because it's, it's, pretty awkward, and you feel like, I don't deserve this. Nothing about God putting that robe on you. And sometimes it's awkward because we feel like we don't deserve this. It's so beautiful. Um, And so my message is, if God put it on you, don't take it off. Ooh, I like that. That's good. Yeah, I'm
2: I'm looking at the same verse. That's kind of why I picked it for the meditation. Uh, And my message is simple, and it's kind of the similar thing that you guys have said. In Christ, we're clothed in his righteousness, beauty, and priesthood. You get all those that those repeated words in there. But I, I added the in Christ part, even though I know that this is you know beyond the passage. But when Jesus quotes it, he's connecting it to himself. And then when you read in the New Testament, over and over again it uses that image of being clothed in the character of Christ, clothed in the righteousness of Christ. There's there's that clothing imagery that keeps going. And and I think the idea that we would Suddenly, go from shame to having this beauty and glory and these rich clothes like it comes from jesus he's saying i'm 'm putting this on is my these are my clothes this this is my robe i'm putting it on you um it's just a really a powerful thing
1: yeah or the concept of the New Testament of taking off your sinful nature putting yes. off your sinful nature and putting on your new nature in christ
2: yeah, yeah this is your this belongs to you like there's there's something to that that says actually i've given this to you it's yours to wear you know just like you said don't take don't take it off if you've been given it all right, let's go to the A and comma, which is application. So what do we do in response to all this?
0: Uh, my application, uh, if I have every reason to delight in the Lord and every reason to rejoice in my God, um, I was actually reminded of the A to Z attributes list that we use around here at Christ Community, where we actually, it's literally A through Z, a variety of attributes that you can actually look up Scripture and pray, use it as a, as a, as a tool to pray um and I was reminded. Oh,
1: just kidding! Okay. You're you're actually doing a good comma tip of the week though. Okay,
0: there you go. I was <laughs> use, use the A to Z list, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I was reminded of this because I often find myself when I am uh, delighting in the Lord and rejoicing when I'm praying. I'm usually thanking him and praising him for the same attributes. So sometimes you get like comfortable like talking to God about the same things over and over again. And this A to Z list helps you get out of that. It helps you actually broaden your perspective of who God is and how many things we can actually delight in him and rejoice in him for. And so mine is to make that just a more consistent practice because I don't do it enough. Um, And if you guys want to find it, you can actually find it at our CCC Life app or it's at cclife.org slash prayer. You can download download it there.
1: Yep, it's an a to, it's an A to Z list of all the names, attributes, and titles of God, and so yeah. we we often use it in our staff yeah. prayer meetings, uh, where Pastor Jim will have a stand up, get in groups of three, he'll say, everyone grab your phone, go to the app, pull up the A to Z attributes list, and then it's just fill in the blank. God, I praise you today because you are, and then you just look at one of the attributes and and you're off and running. So you can just pick a letter a day. Yep. Sometimes he'll say, okay, you only everyone you have to pick like A, B, or C. Or yeah. something like that. So it it is a fun way to to praise God, and it's a good one to do in a
2: group. I've done it in community groups. I've done it uh, with my family, with my kids. Like it's it's a good way to to stretch you with that. Good mm-hmm. tool. Good tip.
1: Oh now I actually have to come up. Yeah, with one, yeah, right? you got to yeah. respond. Okay. Yeah, with my 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 fake comma tip of the week wasn't enough. <laughs> well, no, you need just need it. A... <laughs> it's application. It's just application, man.
2: How do you respond? I man? think
1: my message was an application. I think I kind of kind of I, think I, I, just, I think I botched yeah. the. <laughs> I think I botched the message. Um. You know, when you're talking about what we know to be true about ourselves and what we deserve versus what is ours in Christ, it does sometimes feel awkward and you do have to remind yourself, these, these things really are true of me. Even if I don't feel it, what Christ accomplished for me through his death and resurrection is the most real thing about me. And so my message really is my application. Don't take off what God has put on you. Uh, if God says it's true, the most real thing about us is what God says is true about us. Uh, and so, whether you feel it or not, believe it, and don't take off the robe. I have nothing to add. That's that's a great application. Mm-hmm.
0: Alright, well there you have it friends. Thanks for listening this week. Join us again next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the Bible Savvy reading plan. In the meantime, if you're not following along, you can check out biblesavvy.com to download it and start reading. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcast.biblesavvy.com. Lastly, tell your friends and we'll talk to you next week.